Well, it's M6 here for another episode of Mind Coffee, where we filter today's issues through common sense and intellect. Let's get to some real thinking. Let's stimulate that mind. So we're talking about coronavirus, obviously, because what else is there to talk about, right? Well, in this instance, we're talking about testing. Everything is about testing. So as people gather together to protest or speak their opinion or say what they want to say, it seems to hinge around reopening the country and the need for testing. So we've heard about massive testing ramping up with swabs and labs and massive capacity to test Americans. The question is, do we need massive testing? in order to get back to work, get back to life as usual. And if we do need it, how much, how often, and who needs to be tested in order for these things to happen at the same time? Are we required to test in these massive amounts before people can get back to work or not? The first comment I've got is, we need lots of testing in order for us to go back to work and know our coworkers and our work environment is safe or the restaurants, or the stores we're going to, that the people that we are around are not going to give us coronavirus and cause us to die. That's basically what it comes down to. So here's my answer to that. How would that go? So are you saying you would get tested today? Well, what if everyone in your job got tested and a lot of people tested negative for coronavirus? Would they then need to be tested tomorrow and the next day? and the next week and just basically be tested every single day until they tested positive or just indefinitely? Would every one of the 330 some odd million people in America have to be tested every single day to make sure that they aren't developing coronavirus from the last time they tested till now? So we can start to see how this would be kind of unreasonable and not sustainable and just honestly not doable since they've already said 25 to 50% of the people may be asymptomatic, meaning they won't show any symptoms. Maybe they already had coronavirus. A lot of people, up to 10 times as many people as the scientists once believed, may already have contracted coronavirus and recovered already. Also, we know that such a high percentage of the people who get coronavirus, which is the vast majority will show no symptoms or very mild symptoms and just get over it. Just to be clear, I'm not saying there shouldn't be any testing at all. I am saying I don't know that we need massive across-the-board testing as a general rule. So the testing before you go back to work does not seem like a reasonable thing to take on under those circumstances. The second thing is... We need to save lives. The virus is not gone yet. We cannot go back to work until we get this virus gone. The obvious answer is the virus is not going to get gone. (laughs) That's not what's going to happen. It's going to keep being around. It's going to keep passing around. The issue is that as we gain more immunity to it, it won't affect us the same way. Or if we get a vaccine. But again, I'm going to withhold the vaccine conversation because we have a flu vaccine And people are still dying from the flu as well every year to the tune of 30, 40, 50, even 60,000 people in America every single year dying from the flu. So even with a a vaccine, the virus is still going to be hanging around. So the reason we quarantined in the first place 
was to give our hospitals a chance to ramp up and get ready and prepared and for us to learn a little bit more about the virus and maybe find some treatments, etc., before everyone got sick all at once and overwhelmed our healthcare system. That was the purpose of this quarantine in the first place. We were never quarantined or shut down or shelter in place in order to stop the virus or to stop people from dying. That was never the case because we can't stop it. That's If that were the case, we'd be shutting down every single year when the flu came around or every time some new thing started spreading around, we would shut everything down. And I sincerely hope this is not a precedence that we believe we should be shutting down every time we get some kind of you know, virus or infection or disease or something. I mean, our human bodies are frail. We're going to get sick. We've been locked in our houses for a month or more, and still 50,000 people have died in the United States, even while we were locked in our houses. I'm just saying. I'm not saying more people couldn't have died, and I'm not being insensitive to death because death is still something that people are saddened by and our loved ones when you, it's just sad. It's also a fact of life. And so every year, some germ, some virus, some disease, something is going to attack the human body. And unless we can eradicate all sickness and disease, this is going to happen. So shutting down everyone's lives won't change that. Third thing is, if we open the country too soon, the virus will spread again and then we'll, a bunch of people will die. So the short response to that is, yes, when we get back out into our lives and we're mingling with our communities in our workplaces, the virus is going to show up. I mean, that's the way viruses work. So even with social distancing and being careful, I mean, people still catch stuff. So, yes, that will happen. And because of all this testing that's ramping up all over the place, As everyone starts getting out into the world again and tested, it's going to show a spike in cases, no doubt, because all these people are now showing up. It doesn't mean more people have the coronavirus. It means now you can see the people who have it because they've been in their houses with it before that or asymptomatic walking around. So it makes sense that more testing is going to produce more cases. But again, cases don't equal death. Not only that is cases really, really don't equal death. And I say that because up to 97% of the people who will get coronavirus will either get it mildly or no symptoms at all, i.e. walking around normal life and they have no idea they have coronavirus. So that's up to 97%. So that other 3% A little more than 2% of those people may develop critical or serious conditions from the coronavirus. Those are the people we need to look out for. And then less than 1%, and that number is getting smaller and smaller and smaller because the more people we have testing and the more recognition we have of how widespread coronavirus really is, though it was undetected, we start to realize the mortality rate is much, much smaller than we once believed based on the data, which I'm not faulting anyone for because you get the data and you use it. And we were scrambling to learn about the virus and we're getting the data. Scientists, medical professionals are just working hard night and day and they're discovering things. And as they discover, we need to take that information and we need to modify our course of action to include that data. 
So reopening the country is a modification of our course of action because some would argue, myself included, had we known at the beginning of coronavirus what we know now, we never would have shut the country down in the first place because it's not worthy of that level of quarantine. Just it's not. But in the beginning, you don't know and the projections were telling you all of these dire circumstances. You had to do what you had to do. But now we know better, so we need to do better. Another point about us getting out of our houses is when you shelter, the germ has nowhere to go. So in theory, it could die, uh, whatever its life cycle is, because it has nowhere to go. The problem is there are people still out in the world. There are essential workers out there working, and they're mixing amongst each other, taking the virus home to their homes and whatever. So people are still moving about the country. This virus is still around somewhere. So as we all get back out in the world, is it conceivable that it will start spreading all over again? Yes, it is. But if we look at a country like Sweden, who did not lock down their country at all, they did practice social distancing and they did some wise you know, keeping people away when they didn't need to be, but just treating people like adults, basically. And their country is almost at herd immunity. And, you know, herd like in a herd of buffalo. That means the more people who get this disease or it lands on them and they fight it off, then that means one less place for the virus to land. So as it starts to spread around, it tries to find a host, but so many people have already had it and they have immunity to it. It really has nowhere to go. So it pretty much dies off on its own. And Sweden is about at that level. I suspect we'll be at that level at some point as well, but not if we stay in our houses forever. Then that's not going to happen. We're just delaying the inevitable because when we get back out and start moving it around, we're going to be back at square, well, maybe not square one, because we did do a lot of good work, don't get me wrong, but it's time now. The last statement we have is people saying, forget the economy, people's lives are more valuable. Lives are more important than money. We need to save lives. So here's what I say to that. Yes, lives are more important than money. We now know who the virus attacks. We know elderly, immune system compromised individuals and people with underlying health conditions are at a high risk for the virus. So number one, protect those people. So they maybe need to shelter in place longer or do what they need to do to protect themselves, to keep themselves away from other people spreading the the virus. Not the 97% of the people who, if they get it, they might not notice or it will be mild. Not them, because they can afford to get it and it's mild and they'll get over it and keep it moving. But the population that is vulnerable, they're the ones who need to be protected. The second piece of this is scientists are at work, even as I speak creating treatment options and therapeutics and things that they can use to help people who do end up in critical condition and the virus is attacking their bodies, their lungs, their respiratory system. They're coming up with things to battle it. So even as that's happening, people are going to have more and more options to help to treat the virus. The last piece of this is that President Donald Trump some time ago said something like, the cure can't be worse than the virus itself. And some people laughed and thought, what is this guy talking about? But here we stand. The cure was to shut down the economy and put everybody in their houses. That was the cure for coronavirus. Well, now coronavirus is turning out to be less of the foe that we thought it was based on all the science and all of the new data. So What about all the people in their houses sinking into a deep depression or people 
on anxiety medications who are climbing the walls with anxiety being in their houses for so long? What about the kids at home from school feeling so disheveled and like their worlds are falling apart because kids need structure and they just don't know what to do with themselves without their daily life the way they're accustomed to? Not that they can't learn and get over it, but they're going to need, you know, people to help them do that. There are a lot of kids out there feeling some type of way. And then we have the suicide rate, the rate of abuse, domestic abuse, child abuse going up as people are stuck in their homes. We've got addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction rising right now because people are in their houses for way too long and they're feeling so many different things. What about those people? Those people need someone to care about them just as much as anyone else. What about people who need medical treatments to alleviate some chronic conditions or maybe they're in desperate pain or feeling awful right now? They can't get help because they're not allowed to go get these quote-unquote elective treatments. How about the person who has a business that they put their heart, soul, and their last dime, their blood, sweat, and tears into it, and now they're watching their business die? It is challenging. I'm not saying their business life is more valuable than a human life, because of course it's not. However, those are not the only options. We can save lives and save money at the same time. And by saving our economy, we're saving those lives who are feeling so desperate about the economy. And we're saving the physical lives because we've got people who know now to shelter themselves if they are vulnerable. The other piece I want to throw in is that now that we know how the coronavirus operates, we know that you don't just wake up one day and you can't breathe and you die from the coronavirus. There is a progression that happens. In the beginning, a lot more people died because we did not know what was happening. It was flu season. It still is. So if I personally got sick, started coughing or feeling terrible, got a fever, I probably wouldn't go to the doctor during flu season. I would probably go to bed, try to get some rest, drink plenty of fluids, the whole nine yards. And I suspect many, many people did just that. They may or may not have had the coronavirus. But what happens is a lot of these people went to bed to try to get better. And after a week or two weeks, they realized they weren't getting better. They couldn't breathe. They were having respiratory problems. They went to the doctor and then it was like, oh, gosh, this person might have coronavirus. Maybe they got on a ventilator and whatever happened, they just never recovered. Now, they were saying in the beginning, many of these people showing up at the hospital were in these final stages where they just were in respiratory arrest. There was a lot of damage had already been done. Now we know how it operates. I'll tell you this. If someone starts coughing and has a fever, I don't think they're going to go to bed and try to work it out. They're probably going to go straight and call their doctor to find out how do I get a coronavirus test so that I can get something happening before this gets too bad. So because of all of those factors, It's time for us to open this country up and wisely go about our lives, be big grown-ups about it, stay away from people and do what you have to do, but it's time. It's time. So what do you think? I know you have your thoughts about it. If I missed any pieces of this or if there are any good points you want to make, follow me on Instagram at m6 underscore blog, or you can go online, m6.com, E-M-M-S-I-X.com. That's my blog that's talking about this very subject called, But First, Massive Testing. Is this how we're going to make America scared again? Read the post, leave some comments, any more points you might have to add, and we'll talk some more uh, real soon. M6 here. Stay safe, stay positive, 
and have a great day.